for being here this morning. Thank you, Pastor Ken, uh, for those wonderful words. And uh, thank you all so much for just taking some time out of your day to be here. If you don't know me, uh, I'm an executive pastor, Pastor Josh Cribbs. And uh, listen, if this is your first Sunday, please give us another try. Uh, our senior pastor will be back next Sunday to share an awesome word with you on Super Bowl Sunday about transformed and about setting goals. So you want to be here for this. Uh, I will just really quickly kind of whet your appetite about the Transform series. I've been able to uh, be under the leadership of our senior pastor for 11 years on staff and then uh, almost 20 years just being a part of the church. And I'm not sure if I've ever seen him more excited about a series or about a campaign and uh, we want you to understand when, when you hear the word campaign usually the first thing that comes to your mind is money and then elections and uh, it's neither one of those this campaign is to transform your life but it's all over the whole entire church you'll see it in our life groups you'll see it here on Sunday morning you'll see it uh, in our worship so our senior pastor is excited about this and it gets all of us excited so you want to be here you want to invite people but next week, he's going to kind of begin to whet the appetite. But uh, they didn't inform me it was Soul Sunday. I guess, uh, I don't know. I, I think uh, some of these other fellas are way more talented than me, so uh, I'm not sure. But I can see that they gave me two bottles of water and two towels. So uh, I'm not sure. At least y'all got comfortable chairs. Any of y'all remember the old time when you had to sit in the pews? Yeah, that's some, some rough stuff. Uh, I think Pentecostals come up with the, uh, with the padded chairs because uh, Pentecostals want to preach longer. You know, if a pastor ever wears a watch, you know what it means? Nothing. Uh, so just remember that. Uh, if they say they look at their watch, that's just lying. That's just part of their little. But uh, today, guys, we know why you come to the first service because we got to get done because <laughs> second service is coming. But, uh, guys, thank you so much for being here today. We're going to talk about... Uh, refocus. We'll be wrapping it up today. Um, our senior pastor has done a phenomenal job preaching this series. And uh, if you've missed anyone, you can go online to our YouTube channel and follow any of those up. But uh, today, I want to come and uh, speak to you about refocusing on prayer. And the passage that we've been using in this series is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorned its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen? And if today, if we're ever going to make it in this society, in this world, we must focus our attention on Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And I really love what, what the Hebrew writer would say about, about Moses, said that he seen that which was invisible. And I want to tell you today that if you're going to make it, you're going to have to see that which is invisible. And you're asking the question, how can we do that? And I want to tell you, you can do it through this thing called prayer. Amen? Uh, but today, I, I just know this, that January comes, and we all love January. Amen? It's the new year, everybody. This is when we make those resolutions. I mean, some people call them lies. Uh, some people make them happen. But most of the time, we get up on, and January comes, and we're like, today... We're going to do something different. We have the best of intentions. Like, I'm going to lose weight. Why y'all looking at me? I know. I don't lie about it no more. Or, you know, maybe this one. I, some of y'all need this one. I'm going to be nice. 
Y'all was mean in 2016. Some of y'all just need to be nice in 2017. It ain't that hard. For some of you it is, but. Or maybe this one. I'm going to get closer to Jesus. 2017 is the year that I'm going to change everything and I'm going to get really close to Jesus. Or I'm going to save money. Hallelujah. I need to save some money in 2017. Uh, my wife, she's going for a master's uh, degree, and, uh, and y'all keep praying for her and pray for me. Uh, I, I tell her that I should get a degree too, and, uh, but I don't think it'll work out that way. But, you know, hey, it costs money, and you know what? I want to be better with my money, so I set out these intentions to do better, to be better. Or, you know what? You know, and, and all these things begin to go through our mind of things we want to change. I want to pay off some stuff. I want to do all of these great things. But then comes this word that, that we don't like, but it's the truth, that comes to excuses. Excuses. And I want you to understand that this is the line that we probably should do a series entitled, Well, You See What Happened Was. You ever, you ever, like, your kid's done something really bad? My wife, when she was a younger kid, she drove a car, well, she was watching a girl that drove a car through her front house, through the front of her house, and she decided she was going to go lay down in the bed and put the Bible over her chest like Jesus was going to save her from all the consequences. But I could just see that conversation. Well, Mama, you see what happened was, and there's, in our life, when we, if we're not careful, we'll look in. We'll go through 2017 with the best of intentions but making excuses. And then one day we will look at 2018 with the same eyes that we looked at 2017. But if we never make the changes, we'll live the same exact life. Going through making excuses for things that should change. So this morning I have the privilege to speak to everyone about about not making an excuse, but refocusing on prayer. How many of you know that uh, we should all pray? Amen? We can all agree on that. But how many, and don't, you might not want to answer this, how many of you know that we, most of us don't pray? Uh -oh. Statistics would tell us that 55% of the church does not pay, pray on a regular basis. How can we love a Savior but not pray? Because the truth is, if the church is not praying, how are we effective in a lost and dying world? But see, we come to church and we make excuses and, 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 and we know it's important to spend time with Jesus. Amen? We know that. But what rationality can we put into our mind to, to justify not praying? What can we begin to rationalize in between these two ears as, as it's okay for me to go extended days without praying? Because we do it. And some of the excuses that I've heard, some of the excuses I've given is this. Prayer is complicated. I don't understand it. I don't understand how to pray. Or maybe this one. This was probably one of the most used. I'm, I'm too busy. I, I'm just too busy. And we might not ever verbalize these, but this is some of the things that we do that, that acts upon these. It's not that important. That's what, that's what the old generation used to do. That's what people in the Bible used to do. But I don't need to pray anymore. 
I'm okay. Or maybe this one, I feel awkward when I pray. The other day uh, I was in the office and uh, I try to do my prayer time when I get to the office uh, for about the first 30 minutes and I was in my office praying and uh, man Jesus had just invaded the room in there and I was crying like a little baby and and about that time uh, pastor opened up the door. I was like hey how, how you doing? Man I think there might be some onions in my office in here you know. And it wasn't that I'm it wasn't that I, I'm embarrassed to pray, and it's just that moment you just get kind of caught off guard. Like, this is this was me and Jesus time, and you know, Pastor interrupted this, and uh, but you know what? He understood what was happening. He just closed the door and went back to his office. And me and Jesus, we just kept on. And I want to tell you, some of us make excuses of why we why we don't pray. But I want to talk about the first excuse about it's too complicated. I want to talk about, I really don't understand how, I don't, I don't know how to make sense of this whole prayer thing. I wasn't raised in a church, I wasn't raised in a Christian family, and this prayer thing just don't make sense to me. I hear people say I should pray, but I really don't know how to pray, and, and it's just complicated. Uh, I have a confession. I have a way of complicating things. Ask my wife. Ask any of the leaders that work with me. I have where I can take something so small and should be no problem, and I have a way of making it into a bigger issue. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really big on details. I want to I have a laid-out plan for everything that I do, but sometimes I have a way of taking something small and making it into a big issue. You know, I, listen, is there anybody in here today that you can sympathize with me that reading instructions is an insult to your intelligence. Amen? I don't know about you, but I don't think that things could, should come with instructions. You should just know how to do it. So, I told everybody a while ago, when you're, uh, like, when you're part-time pastor, full-time Ninja Turtle, I'm just joking. <laughs> there wasn't nothing spiritual about that, but I uh, just want to throw that out there. But, uh, so my, so my kids, uh, for Christmas, how many of y'all in here love Academy Sports? Amen. Okay, I got some people with me. But uh, so we went to Academy. I love Academy. Uh, and, you know, Academy has these displays of these hunting blinds. Well, my child, they don't want no, like, Barbie house. They said, Daddy, we want a hunting blind for Christmas. I don't know if I was winning at parenting or failing. I'm not sure yet. You know, I guess it's kind of half and half. If you like to hunt, I'm good. If you don't, you're, like, you're horrible. But uh, so, so I went and, and I, I bought, I was like, hey, that's what they want, you know. I mean, that's what Santa Claus is going to bring them because uh, they're still at that age. Uh, in the case they listen to this message sometime in life. But uh, so they, uh, they was like, Dad, we want a hunting blind. And so I got them one and. Christmas Day came, and we opened them up, and they wanted to go outside and play with them. I was like, no problem. We, we had some family to go see, but we made a little bit of time. So. so I got this cool hunting blind, and, you know, it comes in this bag. and I was like, well, you know, let's see about setting it up. And so we went outside. Yeah, you ain't careful. You might lose teeth. <laughs> so we got this thing set up, and, man, like, this is my kind of equipment because... Really, it's not that hard to set up. 
And so, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. So they love it. I mean, they're in there. They got, they got all their Barbie dolls. They're having a wonderful time. They're just killing it in the hunting blind. And I can see people riding by like, what is going on? And uh, so the time came for us, though, to leave. We had to go see some family because, you know, that's what you do on Christmas. And so uh, we packaged up, and we was like, I was like, all right, let's get all our toys back in the house. we got to leave. And uh, so it was that time, and I said, well, let's put it away. Remember, Josh has a way of taking things that can be simple and complicating them. So, I was like, okay, let's, let's put this thing away. Step number one, pretty easy. Now, that's where the whole story changed. I've never had much experience with these hunting blinds. Until I began to think about how that goes back into that. <laughs> and so for the next 15 to 20 minutes, after about losing all my limbs, my beautiful face, and everything else, I finally decided that this hunting blind was not possible to go back in that bag and it would stay just like this. And I walked away, and matter of fact, I kicked it across the yard. And I said, I'm done. I am done. So, Ashley, how many of y'all in here love women? Some of them understand you not need to read instructions. So she goes over to the box and she pulls out the instructions. And she walks over in about 30 seconds, grabs one corner, the other corner, does some figure eight swirly move, and gets it back in that bag. And I'm thinking to myself, this ain't supposed to work like this. I'm supposed to be the man. This is a man's toy, and I can't get it back in the bag. And I didn't want my girls, you know, they think daddy can do anything. I almost had to send them inside. Y'all can't see this stuff. <laughs> then walk in there and be like, look what daddy did. But Ashley walked over, she put it all together, but she, she did something that's so small but so important. She read the instructions. She read the instructions on how to get this back into that. And I, I just come to tell some of you, you threw prayer out the window because you were just like me. You were too stubborn to go to the instructions. And so you just, you just did like me. You just kicked it across the yard. You just said, it's just going to be this way. I'm just going to deal with this sin in my life. I'm just going to deal with being broke. I'm just going to deal with not having a relationship with Jesus. I'm just going to go to church and feel meaningless all the time. Because somewhere along the way, we didn't feel it was important to read this Bible, to see what God had to say to us. You see, the same thing happens to us when we, when, when, so many times when we try to pray and we don't understand it, we get frustrated. Amen? We, we go through life and say, man, these people talk about prayer works, but it don't for me. Because most of us don't live a lifestyle of prayer. We just pray when it's convenient. Kind of like this, food prayer. This is one of those ones. You ever, you ever sat down with those people at the table? And it's like, dear Jesus, thank you for the food and amen. <laughs> Listen, do not do that at Wasabi. 
you make sure you have a, somebody that can pray to Jesus like that they intercede. Because that ain't one of them restaurants you want to make sure. You, you, I'm just telling you, Chinese, Chinese, Japanese food, that stuff's bad on me. But, man, you, you, you ever pray with those people? Oh, yeah, I pray. I say, I, after every meal, before every meal. I, matter of fact, uh, if you eat with me, we came up with this thing. We, we're not sure Jesus classifies appetizers as food, so. Uh. <laughs> or maybe this one, the crisis mode prayer. Man, when something goes bad in your life, man, I got to pray. Go to the doctor, get a bad report. I got to pray. About to lose my job, I, I got to pray. Or maybe something that's even a little simpler than that, but it's still a crisis. You got that 1998 Honda Accord. It could go 3,000 miles on two gallons of gas. And for some reason, you feel like you need to test the fate and test how far you can go without putting gas in your vehicle. Y'all ever have those friends that they pass the gas station and you look at the, you look at the needle <laughs> and like, bro, do you see where it's at? It's on this side of the E. I know my vehicle. <laughs> I know how far Susie can go. Yeah. Bop, 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 bop. Well, you know what? We're going to see how far you can go walking because I'm going to be right here while you come back with the gas can. Because sometimes in life, we get in this crisis mode, we ride past the gas station, Jesus, please, please just let me, let me, let me please make it to the next one. Well, maybe you should have stopped at that one. And what I'm trying to say is, and I know we, we cutting up, but there's a point in our life where we, where we, we have this crisis mode prayer and we, we get frustrated when God don't answer these things, but we've never spoke to him and it's almost like he's a genie in a bottle and we try to, we just try to say, hey, Jesus, can I get this? And Jesus don't work that way. Amen? I can tell you right now as a, as a loving father, if you want to move me, if, you, if my daughter wants anything from me, she knows to first come and just love on daddy. Because when she begins, and, and I, don't, I didn't know where I was going to put it in here, but I got it in here. When we, begin to, when we begin to search the heart of God, we get his hands. But no, it don't go backwards. We don't search his hands and get his heart. But, but when you can go to the root of the issue and say, Jesus, I want what you want. I want to go where you want me to go, and I want to do the things that you want me to do. Those are the things that move the heart of heaven. Or maybe, maybe you have the food prayer and the crisis mode prayer. Maybe you got the pillow prayer. That one after you watched your final show, and you're like, Jesus, tomorrow there's a big job that's got to be done. You think you can... Help me. I mean, you fall asleep. Like, and Jesus is supposed to be important. But listen, I'm going to just be honest. Maybe it works for you. But I cannot pray on my pillow. Jesus gets like snoring language. He, I don't know what that is. And so in life, I remember my mom when I was a young kid, like six, seven years old, she would lay me down in my bed at night and she'd say, repeat this prayer after me. I don't, I still don't know what I was saying. Like, Jesus, lay me down to sleep. Don't take me if I don't eat. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just can't remember, I can't remember this prayer. And what I'm saying is there's a part that we can go through life just repeating things that we've heard with no meaning to it. And so I want us today, if, if we can, just to refocus on an on a intentional, passionate plea of prayer in our life. Amen? So, so we, we know our excuse is that 
sometimes it's complicated and we don't understand, but, but what does the Bible say? Brother Sean, what does, what does the Bible say about praise? So if you got your Bible, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 6. And uh, verse 6 through 8 is where we're going to kick off today. And if you got it there, let's, let's just go. If you, don't bring, if you didn't bring your Bible, no big deal. Catch it on the screen. It says, but when you pray, go to your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask Him. Amen? Jesus has got some of the same powers that my wife does. She knows before I even ask. So let's talk about what the instructions say. Let's talk about what the Word of God says. Let's talk about how we should pray. The first thing today, if you're going to take notes, is we need to make time to pray. We must be intentional. That's the big word right here, intentional. We must be intentional. I don't care if you're a middle schooler that's sitting in here. I don't care if you're 90 years old. You have to be intentional in your prayer time and anybody in between that age. Because the truth is, make your schedule reflect how important Jesus Christ is to you. Amen? We can't allow, we can't allow ourselves to just continually go through life Saying, okay, Jesus is important, but never being intentional about prayer. Uh-oh. Do not, man, I don't like preaching like this sometimes. Don't spend more time on your hair than your heart. Y'all get up in the morning and thank Jesus. I, I'm not against making yourself look pretty. It, it's good. You get up in the morning and you get out the blow dryer. You know me, it takes a little while to get this done. Uh, pastor, his is even longer. But man, you're there, man, and, and you, you're putting on that smell good, and you know, you, you, you looking in the mirror today. I'm gonna change the world. Today is gonna be the day that I, that I just, that I make somebody happy. But you never pray, and so you're more worried about this. You're more worried about what clothes you're gonna put on. You're more worried about ironing the wrinkles out of your clothes than ironing the wrinkles out of your life. You're more worried about people, what, what people look like. You want to look nice and pressed on the outside, but the truth is dying on the inside because you have not made an intentional time to pray with Jesus. Can know all about your job, can know all about your career, can be the greatest in this world, but in the truth is dying inside because you have not pray, made prayer important. I mean, listen, I, I think prayer should be as important as brushing your teeth. One lady said it this way, brush your teeth at night to keep your dentist happy, brush your teeth in the morning to keep your friends happy. <laughs> but how many of y'all, man, y'all get up, man, and, and please don't raise your hand, this would be bad if you do. How many of you just get up and, man, I throw my clothes on, I walk out the door and brush my teeth? If you do do that, and, and you, you can't figure out why people's turning their head all the time, it's because you didn't brush your teeth. 
But, man, you get up. You wouldn't run out the house, but you know what? We do it every morning. If we're not careful, we don't get up and we don't spend time with Jesus. We don't take time to, to get ourselves saturated into what, and what he wants to do in our life. And we run out the door ready to change the world with no power. So my challenge to you is to be intentional. It's not that, it's not that we're too busy. It's not that he is not important. It's, it's that he's not that important. The truth is we can say we're busy all we want, but the thing and the truth is that I found out we make time for what's important. If, it's a, if we want to go to our son's baseball game, we make time for that. If we want to work overtime to pay off some debt, we make time for that. If we feel that having a date night with our spouse is important, we make time for that. But the truth is, somewhere along the way, we didn't value the importance of prayer, and we say in ourselves that it's just not that big of a deal, and we're not intentional with what we do. You see, if you're, if you're, if you're not intentional, many tangible things will become an excuse not to pray. Because the truth is, so many times we feel like prayer is an intangible. We can't pay, put our hands on it. We can't see Jesus. We can't feel Jesus. So we begin to do tangible things. Like maybe you, you, you put your television, it's more important. Maybe you need to watch one more set of The Walking Dead. I don't know what y'all's fascination is. Anybody else in here? Okay. Hey, listen, I've never watched Star Wars, so uh, I, I'm just... I just have to keep up with y'all because y'all are cool, and uh, I just have to act like I know what I'm doing when y'all are putting it on Facebook. So, uh, but te television, man, we, uh, man, I worked hard today. I deserve to come and lay down and just spend some time. You do, but have you prayed? Have you given him his time? We must be intentional. You know, sometimes we can even we can even allow church to be the thing that separates us from our prayer time. What you mean, Pastor Josh? I'm not saying forsaken being here, but there's times, there's some of us in here that we work, that we're volunteers, and we'll come and we'll do everything. And you know what? We can be doing everything for the love of Jesus Christ, but the truth is dying on the inside and justifying it through a thing called the church. One of the scariest scriptures in all of this in the Bible is in Matthew when he said, I never knew you. But you cast out devils in my name and you prophesied in my name. And I want to tell some of us, it, we can be in church doing church things and him not know us because we have not prayed and sought him. So we got to refocus on prayer. Amen? So maybe, maybe it's not church. Maybe it's sleep. Uh-oh. Some of y'all, 2017 comes. I'm going to get closer to Jesus. So you got that iPhone. And I love the iPhone. You can set as many alarms as you feel like you need to and some of y'all y'all got up y'all said I'm going to get up at 530 and you said for the father so some of y'all said I'm going to get up at 5 I'm going to set another one for 545 because that was going to be for the sun and I might miss it so I need to get one in there for the Holy Spirit that was about 6 o'clock and you know what about that time that alarm clock hits at 530 and you begin to say oh whoa 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 not today, Father. Not today, Son. Ooh, 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 ooh. But I feel you, Holy Spirit. But I got to get in one more. One more sleep. One more sleep. And so we, we, jump, we take this thing and we sleep our life away. And we say it's so important to get sleep. And the truth is it is. 
My question to you, how many times have we stopped being intentional about our prayer time with Jesus Christ only to find ourselves sleeping through another opportunity, sleeping through another time for him to whisper into our ear, sleeping through another time that he could be speaking a miracle into our life? How many times have we said sleep is so much more important? Make time to spend with Jesus. So the first thing, if we're going to do prayer like the Bible tells us to, if we're going to overcome this excuse of not understanding, the first thing we'll have to do is be intentional. We've got to make time for prayer. The second thing, if you're taking notes, is we've got to find a quiet place. We live in so much noise. We live, that, we live with all this noise around us. And, and can I be honest with you? Even the older generation is becoming this way. We don't like silence. We don't like silence. I'm going to just tell you how. You get in your car. The first thing you do, you turn up the radio. You get home. You turn on the TV. You turn on the computer. And you grab an iPad. Man, I didn't know you had three eyes. Because we, because sometimes when we're all alone, we begin to hear the things that God wants to say. And sometimes it'll challenge us. Sometimes it needs to change us, but silence is something that we push back on because it comes and it, it brings change to our life. So I'll tell you one thing I do funny that my wife don't like, but uh, guys, y'all should try this one time. Uh, if your spouse drives a certain vehicle, uh, I'll all, most of the time I'll turn the radio up really loud and then I'll shut the car off. So the next morning when she gets in at like 530 to go to work, it's like, how great is our God? <laughs> so, but, but you just try it one time. You'll find out if you were successful or not, I promise. But, but we've got this thing, man, that we want to keep noise in our life. Because noise drowns out that thing that we need to change. You know, I just love what Jesus said. I love what the Bible says. And, and I never, I never seen this until, until I studied it. It says, but when you go, when you pray, go into your room, close the door. Oh, why? Because I need, I, need I need to put some distractions out. I need it to be just me and Jesus. Listen, if you really want prayer time, don't take your cell phone with you. Because I can tell you right now, the first time that thing buzzes, the first time you see a Facebook notification or an Instagram like, you cannot say, I'm going to turn my eye to it. You're going to pick it up and you're going to look at it, and it's a distraction that breaks time. How, how rude is it to be in a meeting or be with somebody, and then their phone ring or something buzz, and they pick up their phone to say, hey, you're not that important. It's the same way with Jesus Christ. When we pick that thing up, and we got to take distractions out of our life, and we got to focus on him. But I, I love this part right here. It says, and when you pray, or it says, in who you're, oh, I'm sorry. It says, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. Most of us would think that should, have say, that should say what he heard. It says what he's seen. Our placement of where we pray is important. Jesus sees us, and he wants to make sure, are you in a place that is free of distractions? I believe there was a reason why Jesus Christ in the scriptures outlined many times that Jesus went away. That Jesus went away. He found himself away from the crowd, away from his friends, away from his people to, because he understood the importance of being alone with Jesus. So find a place with no distractions. Leave the world outside for just a little bit and let's focus on prayer. I love what Exodus 
chapter 33 says, 33 verse 11, it talks about Moses. It says, Moses saw the face of God and he left the temple, but Joshua stayed. We all hear about Joshua was the man that made the sun stand still. It didn't happen because he just asked. It happened because he spent some time in a prayer place. He spent some time in a place that gave him the power. And my question to some of you in here today is, have you spent time in a place that's given you power? Or have you said prayer is just not that big of a deal, Pastor Josh? You see, the third and final thing is, and this is kind of what caught me off guard. It says, don't babble. I thought praying... I thought that's what praying was all about. I thought it was about talking. I thought it was about talking to Jesus. It is, but it's about talking about many things. Have you ever been around those people in your life that all they do is talk about themselves? Don't look to your neighbor. This would be a bad time. <laughs> but you know what? Their problems are worse than yours. Their car is more broke down than yours. Their situation is worse than yours. And man, you're just like, when can I get away? Or like, maybe I just need a Snickers right now. How many, I wonder if Jesus feels that way sometimes when we come to him. And he's like, hey, am I even here? Or is this all about you? sometimes we go through life just babbling but allow your prayer to be meaningful and impactful I would challenge you to do this the Lord's prayer is an amazing and it's right there it's right there at verse 9 but God showed me something that I was studying for this message that I want to show you and, and maybe you're like me anybody else in here kind of ADHD kind of maybe not maybe it's just me if I don't focus man I I'll be thinking about dolphins jumping out the water and sea lions running from killer whales. It's just crazy. I don't think my dad gave me medication I needed. But I think we have to be intentional. And sometimes in my life I get so distracted. So I begin to pin my prayers. Because I can write and stay focused. I can write and make a difference. I can write and understand that there is more to my life. Because sometimes when I just speak the words, I get distracted and I get lost in where I'm at. So I want to challenge some of you. Maybe you're like me and you're ADHD and you just need to pin it down. I challenge you, go get a journal. Get you a good writing pen. And you know what? Early in the morning, just begin to write your prayers. But I want to help you because this truly challenged my prayer life and gave me the wisdom I really needed. And it comes out of Nehemiah. Chapter 1, verse 11. And I want to read this passage to you. And it's, a, it's about eight verses, but I think it's important. And so Nehemiah is wanting to rebuild the temple of God. And, and, the, Isra and the Israelites have been scattered. All the Jewish people have been scattered abroad. And, and his, one of his brothers comes to him and he said this. He said, they said to me, 
Those who survived the exile are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And this is the prayer that he said. Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant, covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments let your ear be attentive to your uh, to, uh, be attentive and your eyes open to hear and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you pray day and night for your servants the people of Israel I confess the sins with Israelites including myself and my father's family and have committed that have committed against you we've acted very wickedly towards you We've not obeyed the commandments, decrees, and the laws you gave your servant Moses. Verse 8. Remember the instructions you gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and will bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. In verse 11, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of, the, of this your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. He was the cupbearer. He was about to go before the king. And he was saying, God, I've come to you and I begin to pray and I begin to seek you because I need you to work on my behalf. But I want to outline that prayer. Nehemiah showed us that if we're going to pray, there's four things that will help us. Acknowledge God's greatness. I want to challenge you, when you go into your prayer time, begin to lift up God. Don't just babble. But tell him how great he is. Tell him how, how mighty he is. Tell him how he's changed your life and turned you around. Confess your sins. We, saw, we fall short of the glory of God every day. Amen? There's not a day that goes by that I, don't, that I don't have to go before God and say, God, please forgive me for the sins that I've committed in my life. So go before him and ask God to reveal those things that are hindering you. So we acknowledge His greatness. We confess our sins. And then we claim God's promise. Nehemiah knew it was important to remind God of His promise. And I want to tell some of you in here, right now, God's promised you things and you think He's forgot about it. But when is the last time in prayer you just said, God, hey, you remember when you told me you would, you would bring my child back? You remember when you told me that you would, you would help me in this situation? You remember? You remember you told me that I knew I was called to preach the gospel, but I don't know how. But God, do you remember? Some of us need to remind ourselves of those miracles and of those promises he's given us. So claim God's promise. And finally, ask for his help. Quit trying to do it by yourself. Men, I know, I, listen, I, I don't read instructions all the time, but the one thing I do is this Bible. 
Stop trying to be so hard. Start, stop trying to make it through life and open up the Word of God and read and pray. You are not less than a man because you read the Bible or because you pray or because you cry. But the truth is you are more of a man and your family needs you. Pray for salvation. Every single one of you in here right now, there's a family member that you can come here and you can lay on this altar. When's the last time you called their name out in prayer? When's the last time you said, God, I thank you for bringing them to the house of God and that their life will be changed forever because of it? Pray for your future. Don't sit back and think you've got to do it all by yourself. Pray for favor. Guys, allow Nehemiah's prayer to change your prayer line. But as I close today, someone may ask the question, Pastor Josh, why should I pray? Because can I tell you, prayer is the heartbeat of Christianity. If you don't, if you don't believe it, I'll show you a dying church because they failed to pray. Because you cannot continue to live in Jesus Christ without having some sort of prayer life. Prayer moves heaven and changes earth. Amen. If you don't have a reason to pray, that's why. Like saying this, but I got to. If you don't pray, you don't love God. I don't like saying it because it's so tough of a statement. But the truth is, this is all just lip service. This is all just things we go through the motion if we don't have a heart of prayer. So refocus on prayer. But as I close, Jensen Franklin shared something one time that challenged my prayer life and changed me. And today, if you would just think about this, that every day prayer is like going to coffee with Jesus. Jensen has this place that he runs, and, uh, it, and while he's there, he just begins to pray and, and seek God, and he says, you know, in some of these rain, in some of this forest area, I've got scriptures carved on the on the trees and I've just spent a lot of time there he said well life got busy for me and I stopped going he said and God spoke to me one day and said I missed you I missed you Jensen said what do you mean you, you missed me he said I missed our time together I missed when we used to pray he said I've been there I've been waiting I want to ask some of you, how many of you, how, how many days has he sat over here? How many days has he sat over here waiting on you? Saying, I, I, you, I remember when you got saved. I remember when I was important. How many times have you? How many times did you tell me you were coming, but you didn't? I just think Jesus, you know, I, I believe if he could just say it today like he really wanted to say it, he would say, you know what? I missed our time. I thought I was more important than the cell phone. I thought I was more important than the job. I, I, I just wanted to spend a few moments with you. That's all. I just wanted to hear how your day was going. Why don't you stop talking to them and talk to me about your problems? Come on, please. 
They can't help you. I can. They can't fix it. I can. You want to know, you want to know what, what you're supposed to do with your life? Just spend some time. I believe if we could ever grasp how important coffee with Jesus is, if we could ever, if we could ever understand that He sets here, and every day we say, you know what, a television's too important. Well, every day we say that our, our sleep's too important. Every day that we say that that our job's too important. He sets here weeping, saying, if they just understood, I can change everything in just a few moments. I can turn their life around in just a few moments. Amen. I believe it's in this prayer time that the whispers of the Heavenly Father will come in and we'll begin to hear and we'll begin to, and he'll begin to say, you know what, hey, hey, Pastor, hey, Pastor Adam, next week's going to be kind of tough. There's some things that's going to be tough, but know that I'm here for you. No, I'm not going to let you go through it by yourself. And if you need me, I'm here. If you need me, if you need to come back for coffee in the afternoon, I'm here. If you need to come back for coffee at lunchtime, I'm here. I don't leave. I'm here. And some of us need to refocus on prayer and understand that it is the heartbeat of everything that we do. If you're standing here today, I don't know, I don't, I, whoosh. I don't know, sorry, I get a little loud. Because when you get to understanding the importance of that, it'll change your life today, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I simply want to ask you a question. How many of you say, Pastor Josh, I've neglected some time with him. I've left him at the table all alone, but I don't want it to be that way. I don't want it to be that way. How many of you would just stretch hands and say, say, this year, this year I'm going to refocus on prayer. And I'm not going to mess it up this time. I'm going to do it. I'm going to spend time. I'm going to give him 15. I'm going to give him 20 minutes. I'm going to worry more about what he has to say than what this world has for me. Guys, today, just let your hearts be refreshed. That he's come and pricked your heart again. That he's whispering, saying, spend a little time with me. If you're here today, just say this prayer after me and I believe that God will give you strength he will give you a supernatural power that every time you get up every time you begin to make an excuse that you'll begin to say you know what it's far more important that I spend a few minutes in prayer seeking your face today Father Lord I pray for every heart and soul that's here today God I felt your Holy Spirit God, I pray that it, this word would go, and Lord, it would not just fall on deaf ears, but God, that it would go to the core, to the heartbeat of every individual that's here. And God, I pray that your will be done. Lord, I pray that when they begin to make an excuse that the Holy Spirit would speak into their ear and say, it's important to spend time with me. It's important to spend time with the Heavenly Father. God, I pray today that you would give everybody in here a desire to come back to prayer. God, when we begin to live in an attitude of prayer, God, you can change things. God, when we begin to exalt you, when we begin to lift you up, when we begin to cry out to you, God, you can change everything. And I pray for every heart and every being here today as we focus and refocus on prayer today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.